0: Hey there, sports fan, welcome to the DraftSite podcast, your home for all professional sports drafts, brought to you by DraftSite.com, the original full-round mock draft site. Now let's get to the show. Good evening, all ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your podcast here at DraftSite.com. I am DJ Boyer, lead draft writer and lead analyst for the site. It is just tonight, Rob might be joining me next week. We'll do another one. At this time, we are going to focus on the college football playoff system and how appropriate we are doing this on a Tuesday night when we're recording it as the latest rankings have just come out. And we're going to start this call by saying they're a joke, an absolute joke, a travesty. I know we have the top four teams, and it's better than what we had, but we just got to stop this nonsense. We're going to jump right into it. By nonsense, I mean Clemson is now the number one team. Clemson. Clemson has one loss. Alabama has one loss. Alabama just lost this past week to the team that debuts at number two in the top four. Auburn. Even though Auburn has two losses, they lost to Clemson 14-6 to early in the year. Who did Clemson lose to? That would be the unranked, Syracuse Orangemen. So a team that has lost to Syracuse is somewhat better than a team that lost to the number two team in the land. A team that was undefeated and hadn't lost a game until now. So in this system, I'm sorry, it improperly rewards teams that, teams that lose early in the season, Clemson, Oklahoma, they're rewarded for doing so. Teams that have been better and played better for most of the year, Georgia, Alabama. They've lost one game. They find themselves at five and six. Is Georgia and Alabama better than Clemson? I think so. Georgia and Alabama, well, you know, both were beaten by Auburn, but Auburn has lost to LSU. Auburn has lost to Clemson. Oh, it's, it's, it's going to be something. There, there's always going to be debate. The only undefeated team from the Power Five Conference is at number four, Wisconsin. Now we know all about the fact that it's been a, let's say not the toughest schedule there is, but they beat everyone in front of them. They've run the table in the Big Ten. So if they beat Ohio State this week, no excuses. The Badgers are definitely in. We want to get your emails on this. We want people uh letting us know how they feel on the the subject of the college football playoff. Because right now, it's kind of clear-cut. Winner of Auburn, Georgia, boom, you're in. Clemson defeats Miami, you're in. Oklahoma beats TCU, you're in. Wisconsin beats Ohio State. But as we know, with just about every week that we've had, this year and a topsy-turvy or what we would call normal landscape of college football, you know, not all four of those outcomes are going to happen. There's going to be an upset. There's going to be something that people don't see coming. And it's all going to come down to, well, who do we let in? Alabama sits at number five right now. But we're going to hear the arguments, Alabama didn't win the conference. You can't put a team in that doesn't win its conference championship. There's some truth to that. Ohio State, I believe, is the only team to ever get in doing so. Ohio State was a controversial pick in the first uh, year, and they, they went on to win the entire playoff. Still feel this should be an 18 system. Lay it all out for you. The DJ, the DJ way. You've got the ACC. You've got the Big Ten. You've got the Big 12. You've got the pac twelve. And you've got the SEC, known as the Big Five Conferences. Winner of every one gets a spot in there. And you know what? I'm going to argue right now for the AAC, the American Athletic Conference. Pretty good uh, championship we're going to see this week with um, Memphis and Central Florida. Put the winner of them in. Absolutely. I think you get two wildcard teams, two at-large teams. So if we do that, if we would do this system this year, ACC, let's say it's going to be Clemson, they're the highest team that's, that's left. Big 10, we'll say it's Wisconsin. Big 12, it's Oklahoma. Pac 12, it's USC. SEC, and it's Auburn. AAC, Central Florida, leaves two teams. Right now, the two highest teams, actually, we'd have three SEC teams in there. We would have Georgia. Well, after the Georgia loss, would probably eliminate them. We would have Alabama. And we'd probably have Miami would lose. It might be Penn State. It'd be an interesting system. But then again, if you lose in a conference championship, I don't think you should be I'd say the weight should be as, as great as a regular season loss, unless you get absolutely trounced. Unless you're Wisconsin getting trounced by Cardale uh, Jones a few years back, that was just an absolute whitewash. I don't know. I'm a proponent of the 18. But that's going to take away a guaranteed home, team, uh, a guaranteed home game from any of these, these squads that we know that's never going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So we take a look at our Fierce Forty poll, a little bit different uh, than what we currently see for the uh, bowl or the college playoff system. Our number one team—it's Wisconsin. I'm sorry, they've done everything asked of them, and they've won convincingly. They haven't had a lot of these uh, squeaker wins. They're number one in my book, and number two, I've got Alabama. I cannot see them dropping them below Clemson. I cannot see them dropping below Auburn when Auburn has a pair of losses. I just can't do it. Teams get beat here and there. Plenty of one-loss teams that have won titles. Not going to make excuses for that. Oklahoma sits at number three. They both to play TCU this week. Oklahoma, again, another team, early season loss. Quality team, but they lost at home. Or I'm sorry, they actually had a very quality win. Probably best win of the year was against Ohio State. Did lose to an Iowa State team at 7-5. and five, but it's Knocked off a couple of big opponents and played some very tough games. Number four in our poll, that's where we got Clemson. I'm not buying number one. They've had some big wins, but they've had some squeakers. They lost to Syracuse people. Big argument there is going to be. Oh well, starting quarterback was out, got hurt. Sorry, Syracuse, unranked team with a losing record shouldn't happen. Can't tell me that's the best team in college football. Auburn, despite their two losses, have them in front of Georgia, five and six. They did beat Georgia, and they will have a rematch this weekend. Miami sits at seven, only one loss, but Miami might, might be the luckiest team in the top ten. This is a team that has had multiple escapes. I think a lot of us saw the writing on the wall against Pitt. Pitt with another big knockoff, like they did to Clemson last year. Clemson went on to win the title, so if Miami wins the ACC title game, maybe they can take that as a good omen. Ohio State at number eight, also with two losses. Lost to Oklahoma, and boy, who can get their head around a thirty-point loss against Iowa? USC at number nine; they'll be playing for the Pac-10 championship against Stanford this week. And the aforementioned Central Florida—how about them? Eleven and zero. They'll be playing Memphis, number sixteen in our poll, forcing to be uh, in the college football playoff rankings. We have Central Florida at number 14. Signing on our top 20, TCU, Penn State, Washington, LSU, Stanford, Memphis. 17 through 20 being Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Northwestern. Austin, the rest of the Fierce 40. Washington State, Virginia Tech, Fresno State, Mississippi State, South Florida, 26 to 30. Toledo, Michigan, San Diego State, NC State, and Boise State. 31 through 40, Troy, South Carolina, Louisville, West Virginia, Florida, Atlantic. Our last five, Kansas State, Arizona State, Iowa State, North Texas, and Texas A&M. That's your fierce 40. Going to be breaking down some bowl games. Bowl game watches, bowl game scenarios, maybe in our next, in our next call. But another thing, right now we have the first four, first four rounds complete for mock draft 11.0. We will be finishing that up probably by this evening, maybe early tomorrow. Mock 11.0 will be in its entirety. Look at the top of this board. And first off, Another thing that we we have to um actually come out and say is now with uh, teams getting in the conference championship, some of those those teams that might not be in the championship hunt or might not be going to a bowl game, it's time. We're going to start seeing the underclassmen declaring, and today, we have exactly one hundred and fifty days left until the draft. So it's going to start and by say, it's going to start. It already has. We actually have three people now who have declared for the draft. All started with Hayden Hurst, junior tight end from South Carolina. South Carolina, they'll be going bowling. But they're, they're not going to be challenging for their conference championship. Hayden Hurst, probably a, a fourth to sixth round pick. Connor Williams. Offensive tackle from Texas. He declared yesterday probably the only one of the three that looks like a first-rounder right now. Connor Williams could slip in around round two. Um, I think he could be the first offensive tackle off the board, probably one of the first three. I think this was a slam dunk for Trey Adams before his ACL injury. It will remain to be seen if Trey Adams will actually declare. If he does, I, I think the end of round one. To the middle stages around two is probably a good time frame for Adams to come off the board. We actually had him as a top five pick for the injury. I mean, he was far and away the best tackle uh, at the NCAA level. And Mark Walton, the junior from Miami. Here we have a guy who's actually playing for a team that is in the title hunt, but Walton. Has already come out and said, look, I'm going to forego my senior season. And he's going to make himself draft eligible. Um, problem with, with Walton, he, he did get hurt at about 1100 yards last year. Um, but injuries have limited to four games uh, on the year. Ankle injuries kind of shelled him. I would say he's probably anywhere from the late third round to the early round five stage. Middle of the late day two, early stages of of day three. But we've seen a lot of good running backs actually coming in that, in that general vicinity. So I'm thinking right now where, um, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be someone that a lot of teams are going to have to pay attention to. And of course, with, uh, the Texas announcement with Connor Williams, a couple more, uh, people make a really got to look out for it. The Sean Elliott uh, the possibility coming from uh, Texas, the junior defensive back, the middle linebacker Malik Jefferson. I believe that he uh, is a first rounder if he does come out. But uh, apparently, that's that's not a surefire kind of thing right now. I think Malik Jefferson could go anywhere from say maybe pick 15 through like pick 40. Not a slam dunk first rounder, but I think that. Uh, he's, he's definitely got first-round talent. And with that with that type of grade, not only could you go in the first round, but you could be going to a contender right off the bat, a team that has contended or with a playoff team uh, coming into the draft. Also, we're going to have to keep an eye out for our uh, senior game, uh senior bowl, East West Shrine game, all-star games. Time the prospects are going to start getting their invitations. So we're going to get the uh, Twitter account going once again for draft site. Please be sure to look out for that. But we're going to end the call with going over the early stages or what we've had thus far uh, when it comes to our mock draft. Again, this will be done in its entirety by this evening or by uh, tomorrow, which would be the 28th. I'm sorry, the 29th this is being recorded on the 28th. But we will quickly uh, run down what we currently have for mock draft 11.0. Again, seven rounds with an extra round for uh, compensatory picks. Right now we have the Cleveland Browns and, and with the number one pick because we are using the current order. It's current as of this week. As we know, each and every week it's going to change. We've got Lamar Jackson there. Cleveland going for another quarterback. Tell me it's not going to happen. Look, it's probably going to happen, people. They resisted and went with Miles Garrett last year. He did take Deshaun Kaiser. He's had his moments. But we're likely looking at a whole new regime, maybe a new head coach, GM, or both. And we know what happens with regimes. Many times it's going to be Gotta bring in our own guys. We gotta dismantle what was there. What was there is not working. I think San Juan Barkley's a possibility. I think Josh Rosen's a possibility. Maybe even Bradley Chubb. Defensive end on the NC State. Can you imagine pairing him with Miles Garrett and they take a top defensive end and back-to-back drafts? Garrett's played well. He has missed the first four games of the season due to injury, but he's played well in there. Hasn't been the huge Difference maker, obviously, since they've yet to win a game. But he's holding his own. He's performing well. I think a player like Lamar Jackson, this is the kind of player that Cleveland wanted with Johnny Manziel. You get that exciting person that can kind of run around and make things happen. Look, right now, structure is not working for the Browns. They need something a little different. And Lamar Jackson might end up having the biggest upside in this draft. Look, there's questions with Josh Rosen. About injuries, about uh, concussions and CTE you know, and things of that nature. Sam Darnold, there's there's actually some speculation that maybe he hasn't even come out. His year has been so disappointing that maybe he sticks around for another year. Remember, he's only a sophomore, but a draft eligible sophomore at that. Josh Allen from Wyoming has not put up the monster numbers people were expecting. He's not performed well in the big games. That Wyoming had on their docket. I think a lot of that had to do with losing their running back and being a little more one dimensional. But he bears some responsibility for this as well. Is Mason Rudolph the more the most polished person in this draft? Quite possible. He came back, <clears throat> excuse me, he came back for a senior season at Oklahoma State. Leads the nation right now, throwing for 4,551 yards. He's also rushed for 10 touchdowns. Right, he's not gonna beat anyone with his blazing speed, but getting near the goal line, the guy's gonna get it in there. He's built a lot like Ben Roethlisberger. He can feel. He can feel the the pocket around him. Moves around well with his feet, although he's not. Again, not does not have very good straight line speed. Doesn't have good straight line speed at all. But he can move, he's mobile enough to move around that pocket like a, like a Peyton Manning was in his heyday, like Ben Roethlisberger, like we're seeing right now out of Carson Wentz. He's fast when he wants to run, but it's more about kind of breaking containment, breaking tackles or just stepping up and spying a couple extra seconds. Something that Mason Rudolph can do. But we have Lamar Jackson at one. San Francisco at number two. We've got Saquon Barkley out of Penn State. He of course will have to declare as well the junior running back who looks almost like a slam dunk to actually uh, go on. There's nothing else that he can really do at Penn State. And San Francisco, of course, has already made its deal with Jimmy Garoppolo. They have their quarterback in line. The New York Giants at number three, Josh Rosen, quarterback out of UCLA. We talked about him, also an underclassman. It has been announced that Eli Manning will not be starting with 210 starts in a row, coming to an end. Geno Smith, your starting quarterback. Do I believe for one minute Geno Smith is the guy? Eh, there's about a 15% chance of that happening. I think it's more likely that Eli gets jettisoned to another team. They may be like the Denver Broncos. Like, uh, his his older brother finished his career with. And lo and behold, what a great segue because Denver right now is picking fourth. Minka Fitzpatrick, corner from Alabama. Top corner that's going to be available in this draft. Fitzpatrick actually probably deserves some Heisman, some Heisman love. Number five is currently the Indianapolis Colts, and we talked about the defensive end, Bradley Chubb. Many feel that he is the best defensive player in this draft. The NC State defensive end. Another guy who looked like he was going to declare himself eligible last year. Came back at the last minute, and Chubbs had a very, very, very solid season. We have wide receivers coming off the board at 6-7. Chicago Bears at 6. Calvin Ridley, wide receiver out of Alabama. Maybe picking up the slack for Kevin White, the top pick out of West Virginia. He was yet to pan out. And at 7, the Cleveland Browns pick again because they do have the pick that would belong to the Houston Texans. And, of course, Houston used it on Deshaun Watson. Cleveland had famously passed on Deshaun Watson on Carson Wentz. If they are going to take Cortland Sutton, a lot of people are going to say, who in the heck is Cortland Sutton? That's wide receiver. Big physical guy is going to be measuring in close to 6'4". About 215 pounds. It looks like he can put another 10 pounds on that frame. Not a huge, huge speed burner, but he's not slow either. Deceptively quick. Just needs to refine some of his game and get a little better on his route running. Gives up on some passes sometimes. But, boy, he's got all the physical talents and attributes. That any type of uh, franchise or NFL quarterback is going love to love to throw to a guy to his size. His intangibles. We've got Sam Darnold at number eight going to the Jets. Because right now, we still have Sam Darnold in this draft. Again, Sam Darnold could come back for a junior season at USC, but if he comes out, he's still going to be a, a top 10, top 15 pick. Number nine, the Miami Dolphins. Tavares McFadden. That is the corner from Florida State. Miami could. Really use some, some help at the cornerback position. Help maybe along, the uh, defensive end, offensive, uh, tackle. So I'm gonna go with Laramie Tunsil Or the interior of the line. There's a few different places Miami can go. There's not a real gaping need. There's a lot of needs. But they're not, you know, a lot of these positions, there might be only one player away. Again, Miami's got a decent nucleus. Number 10, one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL this year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Arden Key, defensive end from LSU. Kind of an undersized guy. Could be be looked at more as an outside linebacker, maybe some teams in a 3-4 setting. Could play him at the linebacker position, likes at the end. At 11 right now, one of the hottest teams in the league, the L.A. Chargers. They're doing it in front of about 15,000 fans. But Derwin James, the safety from Florida State, second one from the secondary to get drafted. At 12, we have the Cincinnati Bengals actually going with Mason Rudolph, the quarterback out of Oklahoma State. I think it's time. If Marvin Jones wants to keep his job, I think it's going to come down to Marvin Jones or Andy Dalton. And I think the Bengals are ready to admit, look, Andy Dalton, he's a nice quarterback. Is this is the guy that we're gonna to ride to. We can't depend on him for a Super Bowl. We, we we just need a playoff win. Doesn't look like he can get it done. You can't blame it on Gingers anymore because Carson Wentz is getting it done for the Redheads. So that theory's out the window. Again, might be the most polished quarterback in this draft, but not a lot of upside. What you see is what you get. You're not gonna have a huge ceiling there, but Mason Rudolph is probably the most pro ready of the top five quarterbacks that, that are going to be available in this draft. And he is a senior. He's not a guy we have to worry about declaring. Top senior prospect. We talked about Josh Allen, the Wyoming quarterback. We have him at thirteen going to Arizona. Drew Stanton, Blaine Gabbert, who's going to pick up the pieces for Carson Palmer. Carson might be might be done in Arizona, but you know, we've said that the last two or three years. I think it's time for a project there for, for Bruce Arians or whoever comes comes there as the head coach. There's a possibility maybe Bruce Arians is not back. There's been some health concerns as well. Maybe he walks away. The Dallas Cowboys. Not a lot of people thought they'd be picking this high, but right now they're at number 14, Carlton Davis. Corner from Auburn. Dallas needs secondary help, the defensive. Uh, line play has been better. Marcus Lawrence was leading the NFL in sacks for most of the season. He's not. He's still among the league leaders. Not leading the league now, but I think they're uh, in a good spot because there's there's probably I'd say more talent available. Maybe not more talent available at corner, but it's a deeper position. Once you get by. They may be a Bradley, Chubb, Arden, Key. The drop-off is significant. You've got a couple other players that are nice, like a Doran Armstrong, like a Sam Hubbard, those will have to declare. But there's there's some deficiencies there. There's, there's room to grow. if you've got more, I'd say, players that are ready to play now or can contribute faster than a lot of these people along the defensive line that we're going to see in this draft. Connor Williams, we talked about him uh, declaring early. He's already done it, and I do have him as the first tackle Mm -hmm. off the board. But at number 15, going to the Oakland Raiders. Roquan Smith, the inside linebacker from Georgia, interesting prospect, going to the Redskins at number 16. 17 currently is the Green Bay Packers, and we have Dorrance Armstrong, Jr., defensive end from Kansas. Not Kansas State, Kansas. The football team, known most for being a doormat or not shaking Baker Mayfield's hand. Sadly, they do have the best defensive player in the conference, Lawrence Armstrong. They just have nothing around him. Team's garbage. If I'm him, I, I leave, strike while they iron tot. He is a top-of-the-second-round pick at worst. Uh, he, he can go as high maybe as 12. Sam Hubbard. I was expecting a little more from him. I thought he could be a top-five pick. He's still a nice pick, defensive end from Ohio State. Not a pure pass rusher. This is a complete guy. This is a guy that you can drop back and play. He can play the pass, he can play the run, and he can get after the quarterback. He's not going to give you double-digit sack seasons every year. But, boy, he's a guy you can move around, do three, four different things for your defense, and you can line him up just about anywhere. He's a versatile player team that gets Sam Hubbard will be very happy. We have him at the Detroit Lions right now, number 18. Mike McGlinchey at number 19 to the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills currently have two first-round picks. But they have the choice vacated by the Kansas City Chiefs with the Patrick Mahomes deal from last year. So McGlinchey, six seven three ten from Notre Dame going to Buffalo. And the last of the non-playoff teams right now is the Seattle Seahawks at 20. Maybe they look toward the secondary because the Legion of Boom is probably done, but here we have another offensive tackle, Big Orlando Brown from Oklahoma. Orlando Brown was also the name of his father. We remember good old Orlando Brown, longtime Raven, very good offensive lineman. Our current playoff teams from 21 to 32, 21 the Baltimore Ravens, James Washington, Mason Rudolph's favorite target at Oklahoma State. Plays a lot bigger than that 6-1 frame would suggest. You watch him on film, you'd swear he was at least 6-3. The only problem there is Baltimore has some talent at receiver. They're just not getting it done. Some underachievement, the passing game, Joe Flacco underperforming. Something, something's got to change there in Baltimore. But James Washington, they're going to they're have a horse there that they're going ride. Christian Wilkins, the defensive tackle from Clemson, he goes to Buffalo again. Buffalo here, their second pick. They have them going offensive and defensive tackle. Get, get tough along the lines. Quinton Nelson at 23 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, Jacksonville at 23. They may have the best defense in the NFL. Saxonville is, they're for real. It's still a little bit up and down for Blake, Blake Bortles, but it's much better than last year. You got Leonard Fournette. That's the strength, running the football. So why not get a better offensive line in front of you? Take the best guard in this draft, which is Quentin Nelson. We have Ronnie Harrison at 24, the safety from Alabama going to Tennessee. Tennessee's got a number of different directions they can go. Now, they are in the playoffs right now, but it's not a lock. But any team that looks like they could go to the next level, maybe if Marcus Mariota makes that next step, they get a little more playmakers. This team is close. Tennessee is not far away, people. 25, the Atlanta Falcons. They've bounced back nicely over the last month. They're playing well. Deron Payne, the defensive tackle from Alabama. That's back-to-back Crimson Tide. Players at 24 and 25. Jair Alexander, the corner from Louisville, going to the L.A. Rams. Carolina Panthers at 27. They take Harold Landry, the defensive end-slash-outside linebacker from Boston College. Let the NCAA and sacks a season ago. Number 28, the New Orleans Saints. Boy, that offensive line has just come around. Why not help what is, is currently seen as a strength? The defense is playing much better. The offensive line, this team can run the football. Ben? Ben Schwell. Ben Shwell. Um, I always butcher this name. But the offensive guard... From Wisconsin, becomes the second guard off the board. 29, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Interesting team here. They're always looking for linebackers. Is Joshua Dobbs the quarterback of the future? Maybe Pittsburgh does take a flyer. This is the feeling if Pittsburgh wants to, they could move up the draft. But right right now, staying at 29, Mark Andrews. Tight end, Oklahoma. First tight end off the board. I think they missed that Heath Miller type. They don't get a, they don't get the blocking out of Jesse James that they used to get with Heath Miller. I think some help with the tight end position. Because James is, is a serviceable guy. He's not a franchise guy. Malik Jefferson, the linebacker from Texas. We, we talked about him earlier. Is he going to come out or not? Well, we've got him coming out at number 30, Minnesota. Help Mr. Kendricks there help replace that uh, Chad Greenway vacated spot. 31 and 32, the teams that would currently be in the Super Bowl. Vita Valle, the defensive tackle from Washington, helping the New England Patriots at 31. Listen, the Patriots are still getting it done on defense, but they're giving up tons of yards. You know, Even though he got there a little later in his career, Vince Wilfork really helped that team. They miss that anchor type player. This is, this is a guy who I think can come in, make that difference, anchor that defensive line they can build around him. And currently right now, surprisingly, the Philadelphia Eagles with the best record in the NFL. We've got Martinez Ronkin, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State, rounding out round one. Jason Peters may have played his last game as an Eagle, had a season-ending injury to his knee. So moving forward, I think uh, Vitae has come in for him, but I think they they want him as the right tackle for the future, or Lane Johnson would be the left tackle for the future. But I, I still think it's good uh, I, that the Eagles either go linebacker or they need depth, or you can take an offensive tackle because you're going to, going to need someone. Peters is a future Hall of Famer. Again, right now, we currently have four rounds up. These other three rounds are going to be done very soon. I'd say bye tonight, early tomorrow. Anyway, that's all that we've got right now on our call. We're going to have another call coming up probably next week at some point. Maybe touch a little bit upon college, what we've seen in the conference championship games. Also touch upon the NFL, which we didn't even really get to in this call. We have another week under our belt, we'll be in the home stretch. There'll be only four games to go when we have our next call. I want to thank everyone for listening in. More good stuff to comment again. Be watching your Twitter feed. Be coming back to the site because uh, the Twitter feed is going to start getting a whole lot busier. 150 days to go until the draft. I'm G. Boyer signing off. Have a good one, everyone.